everyone knows how to play poker. 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 But do you know how to play poker well? Well, get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. 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 This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts, Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. And happy holidays, everybody, as we roll into December here on Poker Action Line. Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez for another edition of the show. And uh, thanks for being with us. Uh, we have a special guest tonight, Nick Sordal, our good friend from the Miami Herald, who has uh, really been the preeminent writer in South Florida for a long time, hasn't oh, it, Joe? Oh, really. Uh, you know, first when he was with the other newspaper, so we won't mention it, but uh, now with the Miami Herald, and he, and he always writes... Great things about all the local poker rooms and everything that's going on. And so. not just poker, but really everything having to do with gambling and all the entertainment aspects of it, uh, yep. which are uh, a big part of entertainment down here in South Florida. And uh, Nick will join us in just a second. Uh, of course, you can always go check out his blog, which is SouthFloridaGambling.com, which is uh, the stuff that he writes on a regular basis. And I asked Nick to come out tonight because... Uh, one of his latest articles was uh, very interesting to me, and I thought... Especially to me, too. Well, I think Joe can definitely comment on it, and that is, uh, it's entitled, What Makes a Poker Room Good? A Lot of Little Things. And uh, Joe uh, probably won't learn anything new, because you've been working on the customer service aspects of poker for a no. long time, but uh, it's always nice to hear what a player wants. Exactly. And, and, and not complaining. And, and, and yeah, and that that's almost rare that you don't get complaining. You know, you, you get ten complaints to every one or two compliments that you're getting in your room, but uh, in Nick's article, you know, he addresses a lot of the things that I made my people do in my room when I was running Miami High Lie, and, you know, I... Like you said there, you know, you, you want to feel wanted when you go into these rooms. It's just I'm getting in the, from the article. So I tried to do that very, very, very much over there. Well, we'll get to Nick in just a second. Uh, we'll let you know that the Five Diamond Classic out in uh, Las Vegas at the Bellagio is underway on day two. Uh, started yesterday. Just one opening day, but uh, unlimited reentries. And uh, it looks like Daniel Negreanu has taken advantage of that. I think he, he's brought, he, he brought his sixth shooter with him? I think he's uh, on his sixth bullet right now. Anyway, if he's still in there, who knows? But uh, we've been looking at a lot of these guys. The grinder just got knocked out. I'm sure he's diving back in. 10400 the entry fee. And uh, to some of these guys, it's just no problem to just keep jumping back. Yeah, I know. That's, that's, that's the scary part, you know, kind of. Pretty crazy. To think that they can just keep putting that in there. And I'm sure they got backers for that because that's a lot of money. I don't care how, how much money you have to keep going back in there for that price. Absolutely. That's one of the biggest tournaments of the year here in December. And, of course, uh, uh, we'll have some information about uh, what used to be called the uh, PCA, the Poker Stars Caribbean Adventure, down in the Bahamas. It's still there. But there's been a big uh, uh, restructuring of the European Poker Tour. Uh, really is no more. And instead, uh, we'll give you some information on Poker Star's new series there that involves European tournaments and uh, tournaments here in North America as well. So we'll get to that a little bit later. But let's bring on Nick Sordal, a good friend taking a few minutes tonight. Nick, thanks for taking the time. Uh, happy holidays to you. Yeah, happy holidays. It's just more time to play poker. You know, you get a day off now and then, a few extra hours. Get in an extra round. That's yeah, a good thing. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, I want to talk about the article posted on your uh, blog. And uh, did that run in the Herald yet or no? Uh, it runs this Friday in the Herald. 
Um, and I, I trimmed a little bit of it just because of space, but, but it's it just ever still there. Okay. Uh, I'm sure that our friends, uh, the guys I work for over in the Tampa Bay area, uh, Scott Long and Chris Casenza from the uh, Andy Up magazine that I write for, I'm sure they're happy that you uh, mentioned them in the, in the story and uh, uh, kind of gave you the idea for this one, which is great. Uh, I think the funny thing was I know that they've always done this uh, uh, kind of a poll and awards, po- end-of-the-year poker awards, and, and they tried something different. It doesn't seem like it was all that successful because people only like to, uh, to, tw- to tweet in when they have something to complain about. That's exactly, I mean, Joe said it at the open. He gets ten complaints for every one, boy or I like that. And that's what uh, Scott and Chris discovered when they launched the campaign. Yeah. It's, it's the old joke, uh, four, four, uh, four Jewish ladies are sitting, eating breakfast, and the, and the waiter comes up and says, ladies, is anything all right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's... Oh. That, that's you know, that's a joke that only South Floridians, I think, will understand. Yeah, yeah, I think it clears the bar here. I think we're good. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, the story is uh, what makes a poker room good, and, and uh, I don't really sit there and think about it, and I don't think most poker players really do. Uh, they just realize when they don't like something, as we just said, but uh, when you actually sit down and think about it, it is a lot of the little things, and, and it's not just poker, but basic customer service, really. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly. You, I could have written that article and swapped in some other business, and, and it would have been the same thing. I thought about going with specifics name by name, but I'm, I, I just don't have the cojones for that. <laughs> um, if I did, I would have written that Hialeah has the best food. Best food? I, I think. Is that right? Best okay. food. Yeah, I think they have the best food, and it's served quickly, and they have the best. Um, if you want a drink, they're right there. If you, whatever. They, their servers, to me, beat everybody. And, uh, and and there are people there eating salmon and all kinds of stuff for lunch. Really? Yeah, not just chicken fingers. Do you, and, and, yeah, go ahead. Do you think uh, these things that you mentioned, and we'll get into them in just a second, but uh, is there any room that uh, does everything right, or they all need to improve a little bit here and there? Um, I think they all need to improve a little bit here and there. And, and I guess, uh, Joe, uh, I don't know if you and Joe feel the same way, um, I almost torpedoed my own article, but I'm going to go to the place where I think I could win the money. Well, so it could be a heck, it could be a, a crap hole, and the cards could be old, and it could stink, <laughs> you know, and there could be no TV. But if I'm going to double up there, yeah, I'm probably going there, except the place where the players are too good. Well, when you finished you know. your article, you kind of uh, created the dream scenario uh, of yeah. of when you walk into a room, what you would like, and a lot of it is people being friendly and uh, polite to you, but mostly it's about uh, getting the information you need to, uh, to play the game. And I, think, I, I think one of the things that I noticed right away was that a lot of times, although a lot of players are just there for the high hands and all the promotions and probably know them like the back of their hand, a player like me will go in there, and I know that every place you go, it's pretty much different. So uh, to have that laid out for you when you first sit down would be uh, would be perfect scenario. And competitively, you don't want anything that points out that you're a rookie in that room. Right. So if you walk in and you go, what's the high hand, and the other eight people are regulars, what you're saying is, hey, I don't play here much. So now, you know, are you at a little bit of a weakness? Then I would argue that you might be. Or the same thing for pointing out the table. You know, you go to a place and the guy goes, uh, table 17. 
and you have to look at all the upside down numbers where you walk from <laughs> point A to B to C. You know, and you're going, is this seven? You know, especially six and nine. Is this six oh, or is yeah. this nine? And then you, you know, you sit down and you don't know where you are, and immediately people have the perception that that you're a wink link, and they could um, take advantage of the exploit. Yeah, and 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 image is everything, as you all know. Uh, we're talking with Nick Sortle, the Miami Herald. Uh, Joe. Well, just a comment on that, Nick. Uh, some of those players, as we know, in poker, there's a lot of bluffing. So I've known players that have come into my room, not that they were regulars, but I've known them from somewhere else, and they've acted the fool just so people uh, treat them that way, you know, as far as a poker player is concerned, like you were just mentioning. So remember, there is a little bit of reverse psychology. I would imagine that the larger percentage is, is in the field that you said. And, and that's more of a casual poker player as far as the dedicated poker players. Most of them know, like yourself, you know, what's going on in each room around town. Or they might bet out of turn, or they might not make a full min raise because and then they've got to get stopped, and then people put them on being a fish. Exactly. Well, exactly. I do that. I do that, but I don't do it on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you see the movie The Grand? I mean, that was the guy's yes. image that he won. Yes, exactly. Uh, you know, the guy in the basketball was, jersey. Was that Richard Kind, uh, the part he yeah. played? Yeah. yeah. That, that's a funny one. And, and I, yeah. Excuse me. I just wanted to mention to Nick real quick, uh, you know, after having read his article and stuff, and as a poker room manager, Nick, and I don't know if, if you thought about this when you were writing the article, but not only like is this customer service and everything, but a clean room and everything else, and you just mentioned the food at Hialeah. There's so yeah. much that goes into uh, what makes a poker room good outside of the actual staff and the game itself. Yeah. And sometimes, I mean, I was able to have a lot of control of that when I was running Miami Highlight, where I'm working right now, it doesn't seem to be Dang that Island. same that same type of cooperation. You know, uh, yeah. you know, I always spoke with the F and B manager to make sure the cocktail waitresses were doing what they had to do and in a timely fashion. The janitorial clue, uh, crew to clean up the room, and there's so many different things that you know the AV staff to get the games on the TV and everything else. So there's. There's so much more that goes into making it a pleasant experience for the players. You know, Nick, yeah. uh, did you know that Joe's working over at Dania Highline now? I did not. He's uh, yes, dealing sir. and uh, doing a little flooring as well. Could be a feature uh, article uh, for the future. I'm 50-50 on getting there tomorrow because they have a free roll. That is seven. correct, sir. That is cor- that's why we're doing the show tonight on a, on a Tuesday. The, that That's going oh, on, oh, oh. And, and the regular supervisor needs that day off, so I need is to work tomorrow. Is this the first, first week for it, or did you have it last week? No, this is our first. Uh, it's going to be every Wednesday this month for sure, and this is the first Wednesday of the month uh, coming up tomorrow, so... We're doing it tomorrow. Yeah. We're going to see see what what happens, and uh, hopefully it it, it 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 creates a lot of excitement and a lot of, and it's going to probably be a lot of work for us. Yeah, oh, it's it's going to be a lot of work. I play the Sunday tournaments there, and I, I've I've had a good time, and and I get to see the games. There you uh, go. I talk about seeing the games on a Sunday. Yeah. Well, let me bring that yeah, up since it. you mentioned it in your story. Uh, is that an important part of it for you? Uh, I, I know not everybody is into that, and, it, and at times it maybe can disrupt the game just a little bit. But I know that at Mardi Gras they just put in 13 new 65-inch TVs, and they think it's an important thing. Is that part of your NFL Sunday every week? Not every, not every week, but if there, uh, I do plan my poker playing to, if there's a time when there's a game I want to watch, 
I find sitting on my butt, playing poker, and watching the game is a good mix for me. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. So three, it's how much three hours watching the Dolphin game anyway? Uh, why don't I play poker while I do that? Yeah, that's true. Very true. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That, that works for me. One of the other things you mentioned in the story was, uh, you know, your 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 top scenario is to have a mix of super tight players, the aggressive macho types who you can take advantage of when they want to pay to see every card. Uh, how has that changed over the years for you playing at uh, the rooms in South Florida? Is, there, is, is it the same mix as it's always been, or is it changing? Um, I, I would I would say it's changing some. Um, still, I mean, I, I just wanted to write the words Magic City Casino in there for me because every time I go there, they want to see all five cards, those guys. And and it seems like it, that's where I win the most according to my log. Although I haven't played enough, you know, it could be just variance. You know, and, and someday those guys are going to hit more flushes than they should. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Well, it seems like players are smarter. Um, it, it seems like people are, you know, rarely now do you get the one guy at your table who's too stupid to fold. You know, um, I don't know. What do you guys think? I, I think it's it's more aggressive than ever from what I've found, especially I went and played at uh, Palm Beach Kennel Club, and I, I was yeah. completely out of my league. They were just, you know, they're raising with nothing, and, and which is great yeah. if you've got good cards and uh, you have the patience and uh, you stay in at the right time, but it just I just felt totally intimidated, and I didn't stay long. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I get that sometimes at the Hard Rock. It's a, a Hard Rock is probably one of the places where I feel I get outplayed the most. And then I leave money on the table. Um, <laughs> and Nick, you know, yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say you were talking about certain things that that you know now you're you've changed your mind. Uh, like you can't get somebody to fold a hand, which was a yeah. style of play, a part of our strategy when we were playing years ago. And now, now, nowadays, first of all, I believe a lot of the players are a lot more educated on whether they should be taking, you know, a certain risk here. Obviously, what yeah. Dave just mentioned about the aggression, because I've seen people put thousands of dollars into the pot with hands that you'd have to put a gun to my head to, to make me do that, you know. <laughs> and, 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 you know, and they're doing this, and I, I believe the strongest part of that is, like Dave said, you know, and, and you mentioned now at the Hard Rock, these people kind of s- sniff out, whether you're one of these super, you know, you don't want to be the super tight guy at the table, you know, because yes. because then they they push you out of pots. You can be exploited. Is, exactly. I think is the word somebody used. Exactly. Yeah. I've been the exploitee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of people have down here. One, yeah. one last thing is something I don't really realize because I don't usually put my name on a list and and wait right. wait to get selected to a table. I usually will play a tournament when I get there, but um, if they have them or if they have them set up. But uh, yeah. how good are these rooms at uh, really taking the care of the customer and keeping them apprised of where they stand on the list and, and, and what's going to be happening? Because I know a lot of places don't. Yeah. Um, boy, oh, boy. I guess there are some places, to me, I, I've... I've avert or avoid the whole thing just by using Bravo. Um, okay. I check I check Bravo and I see if there's three games at, at place A and ten games at place B. I just go to place B and say myself, if, if I see a very low number of games going on at a card room, then I realize I might get stuck. There's, there's not going to be as much movement. Right. You know, and, and the numbers are, are just bad. 
So that's that's really what I use as, as as my as my barometer. And I usually play two places per trip. If I go, I'll either play Hialeah Magic City together, or Gulfstream, Mardi Gras, or Isle Coconut Creek. What what sends you from one to another? Um, just just timing and whether I've dub, got my double up or not, and and got my stack. And I I plan for maybe you know five six hours now that I'm semi retired. And and if I make a trip to Miami, I want to make it worth my time. And maybe you know because I'm covering other things, I try to spend a half hour on the slot floor, just either get a drink or get a snack, and sit and watch people and hear what people say about something. Right. Um, in, in bed journalism, like I said, call it if I were covering the war. <laughs> you know? Semi-retired, he, semi-retired, he says, but not completely retired. And uh, I have a fascination I, with stories. Yeah. On on that note, what do you have coming up? Uh, anything you're working on big time for uh, the holiday season that we'll uh, be able to pick up on the blog? Um, I think I got a pretty good story tomorrow, but I can't tell you about it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I got, there's a little bit of news coming out. And then I'm, I'm looking at the Seminole Compact. It, it's a, year, a year ago, you remember Rick Scott offered the Compact seven billion three years. Right. I mean three billion seven years, and, and the legislature could have taken it, and it could have averted a whole ton of a mess. You know, but um, looking back on it now, you know, now the legislature is going, yeah, we're willing to talk to the Seminoles. Well, yeah, the Seminoles got you now. Yeah, they they have you know, over the, the barrel now. Yeah, yeah. So you know, one guy says, oh, we'd like to have a deal with the Seminoles, but we don't want to expand gambling. Okay, well, good luck with that. Yeah. You know, <laughs> they always, yeah, they always so. want it both ways. Uh, but there's always stories, you know that, and that's the fun of it. Well, just it's, a, it's hilarious and fascinating. Just, just the last point uh, is that we come off the uh, another hard, uh, seminal hard rock uh, rock and roll poker open, which was extremely successful and well attended uh, from big name players from all over the country. Uh, we had the uh, circuit event up at Palm Beach. So, uh, you know, the November 9 gets over, and kind of the focus shifted to South Florida once again, and then we seem to be just a tremendous destination am- among uh, places in this country. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and I wonder if I'm just pimping out my area, but I don't think so. I, I think it's really true that, you know, we're, we're a place that more players are coming to play, and, you know, the top players are there, but I'll, I also just want the, um, you know, the $100, $200 guy for me, and we have plenty of those players here coming in and out still. Yeah. So I'm a happy boy. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, but it's, I mean, it's mm-hmm. tremendous. It's, uh, it's great yeah. for the show because I have a chance to uh, <clears throat> tape a few interviews. I have a chance to line up things for the yeah. future. Uh, I got a chance to talk uh, pretty extensively with Brian Hastings, who is kind of leaving poker. Uh, not completely, <laughs> but uh, uh, that's a big yeah. story out there now. And uh and, and I really never understood why Brian had uh, refused to be on the show with me. I talked about it last week a little bit, but uh, he kind of got burned uh, back when he uh, was was ripped for uh, some of the things that he did. And he did a few things wrong. He did some multi-accounting yeah. in some of the online sites that a lot of people were doing, and he got some information when he had that big uh, million, $4 million score against Victor Blom. But uh, it was this kind of thing that everyone was pretty much doing, and he felt uh, kind of burned by the media so i got a little bit of an understanding on the things that uh yeah. p- the way people look at us yes and and it's and it's very hard and there's 20 ways a story can go wrong and one way it can go right yeah yeah exactly. and i botched all 20 so as a reporter <laughs> i know I've, I've done all 20 of those wrong so you know so uh understandably and you know i could understand people being reluctant to talk to media in certain ways and uh you know it's just 
Anymore, though, we put it up online first and we can fix it. You yeah, know? exactly. But that, that I would rather not have it that way. I would rather not have to fix it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so uh, yeah, well, listen, yeah. thanks for joining us again tonight yep. and uh, keeping us updated on uh, in the blog and, uh, and on your stories in the Herald uh, really has uh, always been a great source of news for me, and, and uh, I love reading your stuff. So thanks once again, so and uh, I know you're getting Take better care. as a player, so uh, the next step is to have a story about yourself making a final table in a big tournament. Who knows? Playing a satellite qualifier, playing two five, something I think. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, let's count the bankroll at the end of the year and see, and then maybe December thirty first. If I'm in the in the black, I can blow it all. Okay. Everything that I'm up. So good luck and good luck with your tournament, Joe. Thank That's you. Exciting. Thank you, Nick. I'm, I appreciate yeah, it. I hope to see you there tomorrow, then, sir. Yeah. If not, I will be there soon. Believe me. You got it, Nick. Take care of yourself. Okay. See you. Thanks. Take care, sir. Bye bye. Bye bye. Uh, Nick Sordle, uh, Miami Herald now. Uh, you can read his stuff in the paper or online. Uh, he has a special site uh, that's maybe a little bit expanded uh, material, SouthFloridaGambling.com. So check it out. Uh, what makes a poker room good? Uh, you know, uh, sometimes you would think that uh, some of the people who run some of these rooms uh, could learn a, f- a few things and, and follow up and make their room well, just a little bit better. Dave, like anything else, everybody has their own opinion as to what makes their room great or what they think they have to do, you know. And um, like with me, service, as he mentioned in the article, for me was the biggest thing because I've always believed that, you know, unlike any other industry, the casino industry is the biggest industry, that customer service is the biggest part of it. And due to the fact that anywhere else that you go, whether it's a restaurant, a bar, a theater, a sea, a concert, if something goes wrong there, you're not, you don't feel treated right. Well, for you know whatever money you put up to 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 go there, you got something in return for your cash. And in a casino, you're never guaranteed anything. And I've always said, you know, 85, 90 percent of the people walk away losers. And why do they keep coming back to the casino? And I, I have I believe very strongly that the large percentage of those people that come back, it's because of the way they're being treated in, yeah, in the room, in their favorite room, that they consistently go back there and and visit the room and play in that room because they feel like they're wanted. You know, I've been blessed by having good retention, so I used to try to greet a lot of my players as they walked in and just get to know their names and, and a when they story would, or two. Yeah, when they started telling me a story, whether it was good, bad or in between, the next time I saw them, I'd ask them if somebody was sick, hey, did that per you know, did so and so get better or or, you know, hey, how's it going for your son in the college? Or, you know, everything was excited. Whatever it was, because that's what high how I would feel really wanted and, and if I walked into a place that sees me for a few hours, talks to me for only a few minutes a day and they care enough to remember what I've told them. So, And the other way it compares with uh, any service industry or like the restaurant business, uh, down here in South Florida, there's just so much competition. Unbelievable in the restaurant business. Places are opening and closing all the time. Uh, it's a smaller scale in the poker world, but the poker uh, competition between places, uh, striving uh, against each other for customers, that's paramount. It, it is, and it's... And the people who are mostly benefiting from this are obviously the poker players. Right. Because what goes on down here, you know, I was amazed uh, in, a ma- in the Card Player magazine a few months ago that I saw, I believe it was at Parks Casino in, in Philadelphia, that they were talking about 
you know, giving away $100,000 over uh, the whole month in high hands. And when I saw the breakdown on the high hands, I started laughing. You know, they spent a lot of money to put that full-page ad in card player. And down here, you know, people would laugh at you if you were trying to put the, the, those amount of high hands, the, the dollar amount that they put on them, because they're like, what, are you kidding me? Yeah, I can go absolutely. to five different casinos down here and get double that and yeah, or absolutely. more. So, you know... We've created a monster down here, and I knew we were going to do this when we started it, and uh, yours truly is one of the ones to really blame because I was the first one to offer $2,000 an hour high hand, and it was a huge deal back then, Dave. You remember I had – I led up from 12 to midnight, $2,000. I had my whole room, 27 tables full by 10.30 in the morning. And by noon, I had over 150 people on a waiting list. And by 1 o'clock in the That's afternoon, crazy. it grew to 300. That's so, wild. And now people give away $1,000 a half hour, the Hard Rock and a couple other rooms, you know, like it's nothing. Well, let's give you an example. Uh, our friends at Gulfstream Park uh, been a sponsor on this program for a long time, and they are running some nice promotions here into the winter season. Uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturdays, every 30 minutes, $500 high hands from 1 p.m. to midnight. Uh, Sunday through Wednesday, uh, $250 high hands every 30 minutes from 1 to 10. Uh, just as a little bit of a... Uh, uh, enticement uh, on the weekends, 3 a.m. to 10 a.m. because they're open around the clock. Uh, Royal Flush pays $1,000. There you go. You've you got to try to do something to draw them into your room, Dave. Now, now, just to tell you something a little bit new, they have something called Let Half Ride. And that's if you win the high hand using uh, aces over kings or less, and you, have, you do have the option to accept half of the payoff, and for that next period, roll over, uh, the rest to the next period, keeping your high hand on the board. So if you got a great hand, that's kind of an interesting choice, huh? Yeah, imagine you got a, a royal or a straight flush to the king. I think the rollover option is the one you're going to be taking <laughs> for sure. Of course, you're giving up some money and taking the chance you might lose it, but, you know, hey, you may be cashing again. There you go. Uh, their tournament schedule, uh, 7 o'clock uh, every night of the week, including a PLO on Wednesday, a $50 buy-in. With $10 rebuys, a $1,500 guarantee, and also a high hand involved in that one. Uh, different starting units for each one, different buy-ins. But 7 o'clock is the consistent time they start each night. Most of them are Texas Hold'em. In fact, six nights a week outside of Wednesday are all Texas Hold'em with different buy-ins. If you want information, give the room a call at 954-457-6336, 954 954- Four five seven six three three six. The racing season is underway over there in Hallandale Beach at Gulfstream Park. Uh, they are starting now to heavily promote their big Pegasus World Cup, which is a $12 million race on January 28th. Starting to look ahead to that. But between now and then, a lot of great racing. Best horses, the best jockeys, the best trainers. And you can see it all winter long into the month of April. Uh, they set a record last year for wagering. Of course, they're open all year round now. But uh, according to Nick's article last week, uh, uh, they track now draws 13 cents of every dollar bet nationwide on horse racing, which is pretty incredible. Yeah, that really is. And the sport, uh, which is flattened out in a lot of places around the country, is booming here. And uh, their best season now underway. Started last Saturday. Uh, a lot of great uh, promotions coming up, including uh, this weekend they have the Gulfstream Park Pegasus Ornament in a velvet pouch. That's December 10th. And then a lot of stuff in January and February upcoming. But you can also uh, check it out Saturday mornings. Breakfast at Gulfstream is a great program that uh, you should look into. Go over to GulfstreamPark.com. Get all the information 
on that one and uh, check it out. It's a great place to bring the family in the morning, teach your kids a little bit about uh, the beauty of horses and the racing scene, which is absolutely uh, gorgeous in Saturday mornings. It really is. It, it's, it's unbelievable. Like I said before on the show, my family loves going there. 901 South Federal Highway is the uh, address if you want to put it, that in your GPS and head over. It's Hallandale Beach uh, in South Florida, just north of the Dave Broward line. Easy to get to. And uh, tell them that Big Dave and Joe sent you over. It's Gulfstream Park. Welcome to your playground. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. The lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables. With a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes. And if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean, and you can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. Welcome to today's lottery drawing. And today's winning numbers are not yours, not yours, and another number that's not yours. And the final number is not yours. When it comes to having money, don't rely on luck. Brew your own coffee at home instead of buying that latte. Brown bag it to work instead of ordering it. Go to feedthepig.org for more free ideas on how to save. Feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the show, Big Dave and Joe, and our thanks to Nick Sortle. We always kind of check in with Nick because uh, we got get such a great uh, feeling about the South Florida scene. Uh, has some interesting stuff coming out, and so I'm looking forward to his uh, future articles here. Well, he's been a great ambassador to the gambling scene down here and a big friend to the poker rooms, and, you know, he's been writing these articles for many, many years between the two newspapers now currently at the Miami Herald, and has his blog there, as you mentioned in the, earlier in the show. And, you know, if, if you're coming down to South Florida and you listen to us from outside of uh, the South Florida area, uh, look him up because you're going to enjoy it, uh, the information that Nick gives you in his articles. Uh, they are still in, uh, I guess, just a few more minutes in the Level 8 out in uh, Las Vegas at the Bellagio. They're playing the, the Five Diamond Classic. And uh, I think they had 
something like 580 or something. So they've got a bunch of entries today. Uh, what was the guarantee? In. Uh, don't have it. Let me see if I can get that. It's $10,400 buy-in and uh, no guarantee listed. It's just price. So they've already down. gotten 580 people to put up $10,000? Well, they got, now they're up to 748 Ooh, so the price pool is almost seven and a half million dollars. Yeah, it's unbelievable that uh, you know they had uh, 519 entries yesterday, uh, played down to 385. So they've had uh, well over 200 entries today. Uh, people either buying back in or uh, buying in for the first time, just yeah. showing up uh, <laughs> day two. Uh, they had 385 players advancing to day two yesterday. And now, even now, after playing several hours, they're at 395. So uh, a lot of players left. Uh, just to give you a quick uh, chip leader, A.J. Gambino, who uh, uh, recently had a, a very deep run in one of the events uh, on, the, on the circuit there. Uh, he is the chip leader with 240,000. Lucas Blanco Oliver is at 205,000. Robin Hegel or Higeli, I'm not sure exactly how to pronounce that, uh, is a guy who led, was the chip leader at the end of the day yesterday, and he not, uh, was uh, given Nan- Daniel Negreanu hell. Uh, listen to this hand here. He played against Negreanu, and uh, it was in level three, so, you know, you figure... Early on. Yeah, you figure maybe 100, 200 maybe, yeah. blinds. 75, 150 maybe even. Anyway, he... Uh, he raised pre-flop to 400, which is a very min min raise. Uh, Negrano re-raised to 2,000. Flop was king king five, and I'm going to call him Hageli. Hageli checked. Negrano bet 2,000. Hageli called. So then the turn came with a two on the on the turn. Uh, Hageli checked again. Negrano bet 6,000, and then both players checked with a jack on the river. It turns out Hageli had uh, king-queen, so he had flopped. Trip yeah, kings. he was looking for Negrano to make a, a, a bet on the river, and Daniel didn't. So. Yeah, it sounded like uh, he kind of uh, didn't get as much out of that one as he could, but uh, uh, it, it took his stack over 100000 He was the first one over, and Negrano busted, but uh, he'd already uh, re-entered four times, and I guess he entered <laughs> one more after that. So uh, there was a later hand that... Uh, Higeli got into with Negranu and Lily Coletto. Uh, both Negranu and Coletto moved all in, and uh, Higeli had ace, king of spades, and uh, uh, he paired his ace in the turn to hang on against pocket jacks for Negranu and pocket tens for Lily. Oh, well, he had two live overcards on him, so. Yeah. So uh, he's a player, though, that only has uh, $24,000 in live tournament earnings, 10000 of which came. Uh, a couple of weeks ago in the Caribbean, uh, WPT Caribbean events. So uh, kind of a newbie to the scene. Uh, maybe you can kind of understand maybe why he didn't uh, maximize his earnings on that one hand against the ground. Well, I, I, it's either he was hoping he'd get a, a river bet or 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 giving a lot of respect to Negrano. One of, one of the two it had to be. A couple of the ladies, uh, Samantha Abernathy and Jennifer Tilly, both uh, with nice chip stacks, 145 and 143. Uh, David Pham is uh, in the top ten. Uh, big names, Brian Rass, Chance Corneth, uh, Matt Stout. Uh, let's see. 
Anthony Zeno, uh, also a nice stack. So all the big names are out there. Joe McKeon, uh, 85,000. Matt Glantz, Mike Matisau. Uh You just go down the list. Uh, the there's, magician with 80,000. So uh, there's a really name great we haven't tournament. heard in a few months, huh? Mike Matisau? Yeah. Yeah, back in action out there in Vegas. Negreanu's still in, so he's uh, brought in, we think, six times, and he's at 78K. So uh, still challenging there and probably will be around for uh, some time to come in this event. It's nice to know that you that you have the financial backing to do that and the confidence that you know that you can just, you know, one or two hands can turn everything around and you just make that big run. I mean, that's why Daniel is the all-time tournament money winner. Yeah, so he's, yeah absolutely. He's, he's, He's the well, Hall of Famer. Not the all-time winner, because uh, I guess the magician had the big score in the in the big. But one. I think he overtook him uh, when uh, last year. I think he overtook him in tournament uh, I have winnings. I looked that up. I don't remember exactly. You know, so, uh, you know, but still, there's there's a reason why he's a Hall of Famer in the poker. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, as far as the Global Poker League goes, they finished their event. We were uh, discussing it as they were playing last week. I think we were in the second day of the semifinals. And uh, they went on uh, the winners, the Montreal Nationals this year, uh, which was uh, French guys, basically, uh, from uh, Canada, Montreal area. Uh, Pascal LeFrancois. Uh, let's see who else. They had uh, Marc-Andre Ladesour. And then uh, two American players, Mike McDonald, Timex, and Phil Galfon. So obviously a good team. No, I'm sorry, Phil Galfon was on uh, San Francisco. But uh, McDonald, Ladesour, and LeFrancois basically carrying the load there for the French team. Uh, they went on in the finals to defeat the Berlin Bears. So uh, the Bears won the uh, European division and uh, defeated the, uh, Mon- the Moscow Wolverines, uh, who had uh, made quick work of uh, the London Royals. And then the Bears won three games against the Hong Kong Stars, uh, or not three games, uh, the best of the series. Won three consecutive after falling behind 2-1. to one. So they won that one 4-2. to two. And then they went on. The interesting thing is they, uh, the finals were supposed to be best of nine. Somehow they ended up playing best of 11. Okay. So I guess they changed it. Uh, they were having such a good time that they added a couple extra games. Anyway, Berlin was led by Brian Rast, who was kind of the star of the show for them. I think he won like five matches uh, over the three days. Kind of exciting, I think. You know, uh, I wasn't expecting uh, a lot out of it. Kind of had written it off, to be honest, and uh, kind of got excited about it a little bit when I uh, saw the uh, the cube and, and and the coverage, which was very good on Twitch, and I got to see a good bit of it. Will it survive? Will it come back next year? I, I don't think there was a tremendous amount of interest, but they made some mistakes, which, which they'll correct. Uh, I think it just depends on whether the excitement is there among the players. Yeah, you know, you you definitely need them to come back and and put the effort in again. And you know, listen, the the people who run this, uh, you know, admitted that they made a few mistakes, and uh, they're willing to make changes to make this uh, this product so much better. And I believe they they have a great product that they can make a whole lot better. Uh, I've you know made my comments based on wanting to watch the top players play on a weekly basis, but obviously. You know, their their obligations elsewhere probably have stopped them from being able to do that. So LeFrancois, McDonald, uh, Ladesour, and then uh, Jason Lavalle, don't want to leave him out. He actually played as well. He got delayed with flight issues, but uh, did show up late in the in the match and, and contributed as well. And the other member of the team was Juan Lu, who uh, is, uh, lives in Toronto. 
and was a member of that team. She did not play in Vegas, but uh, she's also a very good player. And uh, we'll see if they uh, send a team back to return the title. Uh, still looking to uh, get on the store and, and uh, make get a your bear stuff, huh? Yeah, I, I think I'm going to actually try uh, the Paris Aviators. I like that jersey the best, so I might end up <laughs> buying one of those. We'll see. Uh, we'll see maybe after Christmas sometime. But, uh, you know, uh, this is something that we were excited about in the beginning. I was excited about it. I kind of brought you along uh, with the draft and everything. They made a few mistakes. Uh, they didn't capitalize on some of their early popularity. Uh, it kind of dragged out. They made some uh, cost-cutting measures, which uh, some people weren't happy with, but ended up playing most of it in Vegas. But the cube, the cube was cool. Uh, if you got a chance to see any of the matches out there, uh, I'm sure you enjoyed it because uh, it seemed like the play was much more intense uh, in the, the playoffs than it was during their regular season. Which it should be. It should be. You know, that's what we expect, and that's what we see in, in all the other major sports. And uh, I think that's a really good sign for them as far as that's concerned. So yeah. hopefully they can translate that into the regular season next year. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll check it out. Uh, this first season comes to an end. And uh, I guess we'll get more information before too long on what's uh, on tap for next year. Uh, one thing I did uh, want to re-mention, the, that, uh, uh, talking about the, the show uh, last week, uh, we did hand out the winner, I believe, for the Seminole Hard Rock Poker Open, which uh, ended, I believe, on Monday. Uh, but Patrick Mahoney was the winner. Uh, it continues to amaze me when you see you go to some of these events and you see all these players that you're familiar with, you know who they are, you've seen them in action on TV, uh, and then you get down to the final table and it's people you never heard of. Yeah, well, is that you know, bizarre the fields are so big and so many people are you know throwing their hat in there hoping that uh, whatever skills they've developed or you know whatever schooling they've gotten gets him to that point, and uh, obviously whatever Patrick was doing worked for him. Yeah, 32 years old from Winona, Minnesota. Uh, had won an event on the uh, Australian-New Zealand poker tour, uh, but really hadn't uh, had a lot of big scores. But uh, he wins 564000 and uh, a great tournament, really, again, that where the... Uh, the Hard Rock really kind of uh, enhanced their reputation one more time. Yeah, well, listen, they've put up big guarantees. Even when they have fallen short, they haven't been afraid to keep, come back the next year and do the same thing. So, you know, it's they're, they're, they're the 800-pound uh, gorilla in the room yeah, here in South funny. Florida, and uh, there's a reason for it. I mean, they, they obviously have the... Um, uh, more money than anybody else, more uh, reserves than anybody else to do this, but they always put on a class act. They always put on a great performance, their, their tournaments. Yeah, I don't know about you, Dave, but I never hear too many complaints about the hard no, rock when no. they put on their tournaments. People are happy. Uh, and that's a big indicator. Like we mentioned at the beginning of the show, You know, so many people like to complain about things. And you, we really don't hear that about the Hard Rock uh, tournaments that are down here. I have a little series the week after Christmas, the uh, Toys Toys in the in the Sun uh, tournament, which will be uh, December 26th through the 30th. We'll, of course, be talking about that. And then the Lucky Hearts uh, gets underway in January, so we'll keep you up to date on that. And we'll give you some more information about some of the other upcoming tournaments, uh, including the one in February at the Palm Beach Kennel Club where they have a a return to the WSOP circuit. They just came off a very successful uh, WSOP circuit event themselves just yes, a few weeks ago. Absolutely. Uh, 
Let's take another break on the show. A um, little bit early, but uh, we'll finish up because I want to get to that William Kasouf uh, Reddit article when we come back. Uh, but I do want to tell you about what's coming up at Gulfstream Park. Of course, racing got underway on Saturday the 3rd, and they had a nice uh, calendar giveaway. They'll have some other giveaways coming up uh, just to look ahead a little bit. A uh, picnic blanket in January. Uh, Holy Bull long sleeve T-shirt February 4th. That'll be a big day. And then uh, a few other things, a beach towel giveaway, a commemorative glass for the Florida Derby, retractable umbrella. These are all uh, on the website if you want to check out the dates for Gulfstream Park. Uh, they also have this uh, breakfast at Gulfstream, uh, which will be every Saturday morning except for the 24th and then uh, on the big day, January 28th, which will be the day of the $12 million Pegasus World Cup race. So they won't have it that day. But every other Saturday uh, for the foreseeable future is a chance to take the family out. And there's a lot of really cool things involved with that, including uh, a chance to uh, visit the backstretch and uh, what goes on behind the scenes there and learn a little bit about what's happening. Uh, It kicks off at 8 a.m. to 11 a.m., rain or shine, at the Stretch Tiki Bar, Stretch's Tiki Bar, every Saturday. And uh, we'll have a breakfast uh, buffet available, $10 per person, kids two and under eat free. Uh, They'll also have... uh, uh, free T-shirt giveaway with the purchase of a buffet breakfast. Uh, you can visit uh, up close with the horses uh, and maybe even put your kid on a horse and get some nice yeah, pictures, nice. which is cool. Uh, there will be some guest speakers, including trainers and jockeys and uh, people that work at the track. The tram tours run three times in the morning, 8.30, 9.15, and 10 a.m. Check all this stuff out on their website at golfstreampark.com. And new this year, they'll have a Handicapping 101. If you're not a big racing fan, you want to learn about the basics of betting, uh, then you can go and listen to Gulfstream Park's Racing Ambassadors, which will be talking about wagering and handicapping. And uh, if you want, you can even schedule a time to work one-on-one with a racing ambassador during the live racing. So that's all new this year, Handicapping 101, and a lot of great stuff. But the countdown is on for the Pegasus World Cup Invitational. Once again, that is Saturday, January 28th. Twelve horses, each putting up a million dollars, a $12 million prize purse from 4.30 to 6 p.m. will be the action there at the Pegasus World Cup. So uh, all this is at Gulfstream Park and, of course, poker as well. Uh, This is a poker show, and we do play over there. But uh, check it out. It's located in the First Floor Casino, 20 tables in the back of the uh, Finish Line Casino on the first floor, and uh, they are open night. They are open until uh, 4 a.m. Uh, every day except the weekends where they run 24 hours a day, but after the 4 a.m. closing, they reopen at 10 a.m., so you really can't miss out on all the action there. Uh, check it out, and uh, I'm sure you'll enjoy it. It's Gulfstream Park, located in Hallandale Beach. Big Dave and Joe sent you over. Welcome to your playground. This is Poker Action Line. Place your chips Caribbean.com, online lottery in Texas Hold'em Poker. What's really cool? Your charitable tax-deductible donation every time you play. Place your chips Caribbean.com, the feel-good gateway to fun and prizes. Play free, learn our system, get 50,000 chips, win pick six lottery tickets. Play Texas Hold'em Poker for scholarships that benefit Caribbean students. you got to check this out. Place your chips Caribbean.com, a win for you as a donation to Caribbean education. Place your chips Caribbean.com. WFO Radio, NHRA Nitro, is all about the NHRA Full Throttle Drag Racing Series. Join Joe at 7 p.m. Eastern each Tuesday night for the first edition of NHRA Nitro. Featuring the NHRA's Alan Reinhardt, 
Race winners stop by to talk about bringing home the Wally. Every Tuesday night, following NHRA national events, NHRA Nitro is available on demand anytime on the WFO radio application and at WFORadio.com. Final segment of the program, our thanks to Nick Sordle for joining us earlier, talking a little bit about uh, what's happening in the South Florida scene. Um, still a lot of great stuff. Last week we talked to some of the guys from Tampa. So we know that the entire state of Florida just flourishing, and we had talked about that a couple of weeks ago when people thought it would be just a little add-on for the paramutuals, but instead it's become just this huge industry in It Florida. really has, and that's what I haven't had a chance to see the uh, best bed up there in Jacksonville, but... Yeah. Daytona, Daytona has a big room with you know the action's incredible over there. Uh, I've been to Ocala; they've also had you know really Fort good Pierce action. Fort Pierce, I stopped by. I really haven't been there when they've been playing a whole lot in, in a couple of years, but uh, also up in uh, in the Panhandle over there. Uh, Gretna? Uh, not Gretna. My, I can't believe I can't oh, remember. Uh, Pensacola. Pensacola. Uh, forgive me, Pensacola. Because I had uh, such a great time there. called Ebro. Ebro. That's it. I had such a great time there. And uh, they have great games. So, like you said, Dave, this is not just in South Florida. This is out throughout the whole state. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a couple other uh, exciting wins over the last uh, couple of months. Mike Sexton winning that event in Montreal. Uh, our friend Maurice Hawkins winning at Palm Beach Kennel Club. So, uh, you know, it's there's, there's always something pretty exciting in this world of poker that keeps us rolling here on the show. Yeah, and, and you know, one thing we got to be very proud of down here in South Florida, um, you know, is how well so many South Florida-based poker players have done here. And, and I mean... Not to mention how well a lot of the transplants that have come down here and now make South Florida their home, how well they've played. You know, uh, I don't. You know, we do have a lot of. I don't want to use the word donkeys, but we do have a lot of inexperienced players here. But you know, we also have first-class poker players down here, and and they every year they show it in all these big major tournaments. Uh, I did a little feature with uh, a girl who works at uh, the Hard Well, she doesn't work regularly at the Hard Rock, but she works the big tournaments. Uh, she's been a traveling uh, dealer for years, and I wrote up a little feature about her. Uh, we have this thing called uh, Meet So-and-So in, uh, in Annie Up. So I sent that in, and, and that might be uh, in the January issue or maybe February, but hopefully soon. Her name is Victoria Nunez. And uh, she has been uh, dealing on the circuit since about 2011 and traveled all over the country. Just kind of was shocked to see uh, what a big uh, uh, circuit for dealers there is out there. How many, how you can get a lot of work just traveling around the country to all these tournaments and get your, get your reputation going and get to uh, network and meet people. And it's uh, it's really a great living to uh, see a lot of places and travel around, isn't it? Well, they, you know, depending on the tournament, you know, you, you could average anywhere from 15 to 20 bucks a down, and a down is a half hour, so you're you're looking at 30 to 40 dollars an hour. You know, you, you you do live like a nomad though for a while doing this. You know, I I uh, I don't know. I'd like to know what the percentage of married people are that are doing this, unless they're married to other poker dealers. It's um, it's fun. It's a way to see the the you know the whole country. Maybe even see Europe if they if they import them all, uh, you know over there or export them out there. I should say, but um, 
I, I didn't know about this, to be honest with you, and I was, uh, you know, upset with myself that I was that ignorant, but when I was hiring uh, dealers when the casino was reopening in the poker room in Miami High Life, I got to meet a whole bunch of these guys, and a lot of them, what they do is they do hit a lot of these places and then eventually get asked, you know, poker rooms who are in need of very good dealers, ask some of these people, would you like to make your home here? And... This past September, when I went to Council Bluff and and uh, and Kansas City for at the Harris properties, they had each each one of those places had people who did who who have done that. They came by to do these tournament dealers, the traveling dealers as mm-hmm. I call them, and they decided to to make their home there. They were offered a job, so there's a lot to this uh, to them traveling and doing all this. Well, she explained to me there's really a camaraderie there. You go and work these tournaments and uh, you know, you kind of help each other out. You see dealers that maybe aren't that experienced, maybe need to learn a few things, and you want to help them. It's not like some, you know, poker players are out there don't want to share any information because maybe they'll come back and beat you someday. But in this case, she said you kind of help each other through the events. Because you kind of all get paid at the very end, so you got to help each other uh, get through the whole thing. You really do, and and you know, my experience through twenty plus years in this business is exactly what that is. The only time you have an issue with that is when there's cash games, on rotations that some people feel they've been slighted. But this is a very good place for break-in dealers to get in. They're a little more tolerant of mistakes in these tournaments than they would be in a cash game, and you know. I'm going through that right now with some of the dealers that uh, where I'm working at Dania that some of them can't deal the bigger game that we deal over there, the PLO game. You know, that's the toughest game for any dealer to deal because you have to be good with numbers, obviously. you got to know the, 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 the bets that are out there. you got to know what's in the pot. And it is, without a doubt, the toughest game to deal, you know, but um, you've got to learn it. You know, I used to tell dealers this all the time when it was just seven-card stud working at the Seminoles, Dave. You know, the big pit that everybody wanted to get into when it was a quarter 50 cent was the Hold'em pit. We had 36 tables, 30 were seven-card studs, six were Hold'em. Those dealers were picking up $150 a night in tips, which is like unheard of in a quarter 50 cent game. And all the other dealers were making somewhere between 70 and $90 on the most part. And they all complained they couldn't get in there. And then when I, they'd always ask me, can you send a dealer over? Somebody called in sick. And then when I tell them, all right, tonight you're going to get your, your shot to shine over there and to hold them, their legs started shaking, their, their, their voice started <laughs> quivering. And I'm like, what's wrong? You wanted, you, this is what you've been complaining about, that you never get into that pit. And then all of a sudden, you know, they get cold feet. And I don't, I've never understood that because I've never been like that when I was dealing full time. You know, you just tell me what the rules are. I pitch the cards the same way, and I'll know how to deal the game. Just tell me what the rules are. Well, and I guess whatever you do, you have to go through that, kind of just learn the ropes. You've always been so experienced and, uh, you know, had some uh, great experiences when there was really uh, very little as far as our organized poker. Exactly. Down here, I mean, you know, listen, Mikasuki was two years they reigned uh, supreme in the whole state, not just South Florida. There wasn't another poker room until the Seminole Classic opened up uh, two years after uh, I remember the Mikasuki. days. I remember the days when they only had bingo. Yeah. <laughs> that was, uh, uh, people go, oh, you dealt at Mikasuki. I say, yeah, I was one of the original 12 dealers to deal poker the first night it was ever legal in the state of Florida. And I tell them, because they, they have since built the hotel, I tell them, yeah, the poker room used to be where that 
big bar is and little they play you know music and people dance there and I tell them that's where the poker room used to be so yeah I've had my feet in this since day one down here and uh but it is great to see how how it has expanded and grown Okay, let's switch subjects a little bit, talk about the villain from the uh, WSOP, William Kasuf. And I mentioned in the article, uh, when I mentioned, uh, when I wrote up uh, the story about uh, Maurice Hawkins, that Maurice was the king of speech play long before everybody ever ever heard of William Kasuf. (laughs) Has been a uh, a fan of constant table chatter and getting under people's skin and picking up tells that way, uh, which has not always made him popular as well, so... Yeah, I've 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 known a few people, including my cousin who loves to play at the Isle, and Maurice is there a lot. I don't know if that's his home base of playing poker, but you know he's always told me, yeah, this guy gets eventually he eventually wears you down and gets under your skin. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, there's a site called Reddit, and uh, William Kasuf was on there, uh, I guess, about a month ago. Uh, they have these sessions called AMA, Ask Me Anything. And basically, he takes questions from uh, the public. And I just wanted to kind of run a few of his quotes by you and see what you thought. Uh, Obviously, uh, he finished 17th in the World Series of Poker main event. And uh, either offended or uh, basically entertained everybody there. Some people loved it. Some people hated it. But uh, he had his deliberate pace of action, which was probably the worst part of it. And then uh, the part that a lot of people liked were what he calls speech play. Uh, he bombarded uh, his opponent with questions, bluffs, borderline actions, and some people wanted a, a little more information about that. So uh, w- someone asked him if he, if speech play was uh, a style that everybody employed, would that ruin the game? And he said, well, it's not for everybody. I think everyone should have their own style and way of playing if they're comfortable with it. Uh, and opening up and potentially giving away tells or giving away the strength of their hand, the other players he's talking about, obviously, uh, in order to get more information, uh, then so be it. Uh, he also said, uh, talking about the players that were there, he said, it's a mixed bag, really. I think the standard of play in the EPT uh, is a bit tougher than the WSOP. And uh, he said, it's the luck of the draw who you get at the table, and you're unlikely to get Negranu or IV, Helmuth, Matisau all on a specific day. Uh, so what do you think about, uh, you know, some of his, uh, the way he explains some of this stuff away? Will he be, uh, will he have just 15 minutes of fame or will he be back again, uh, more popular than ever? You know, the only way he's going to come back more popular than ever is if he has deeper runs again in, in other major tournaments or else, or else he'll be that, you know, like they say in the music world, he'll be that one hit wonder, um, and you're asking me if his style is something that'll be picked up? Yeah, uh, I'm really wondering. <clears throat> no, because like you mentioned, there have been other people in the past, uh, you know, that have done that type of talking, trying to get under their skin. You know, they've they've approached it differently. Um, I can't see that really growing a whole lot. You're going to probably have a very, very, very small percentage, in my opinion, that will try to, you know imitate him and, and try to follow that style of play. It just, I don't know about you, Dave, but, you know, if a table becomes hostile, eventually you start, you know, uh, you know, pushing people away from the game. And I don't think it works very well for TV, you know, uh, if we ever decide to where we're going to be doing, you know, some of these tournaments are going to be like, like they do with the main event final table with a half-hour delay. You know, who wants to sit around and watch that? The only reason I watched it this year 
was because I knew he had a couple of bad beats when he finally got eliminated. That's the only reason I wanted to watch it. But if I didn't know what the results were, I, you know, I don't know how long I would have been able to watch it. Uh, unless you just get so frustrated with him that you're saying, I'm going to be here rooting for everybody against you. And eventually that becomes boring to watch. Right. He saved some of his uh, biggest criticism for Jack Effel and Cliff Josephy. Uh, about Effel, he said uh, uh, that he was uh, one of the biggest obstacles in poker. Uh, he said, Effel knew I was a lawyer, so I'm going to argue my case. But he effectively gave quite bad rulings that were completely wrong, unjustified, and weren't relevant to the actual situation at the time. Uh, about Josephy, he said, uh, he said, I think all these guys acted like a bunch of cowards, Josephy being the ringleader of the pack, being the shepherd of the flock, if you like, and the rest of them being the sheep that jumped on the bandwagon to try to call me out, give me a penalty, chop me down because they couldn't take what I was doing with my speech play. He said they couldn't handle it. Uh, did you expect him to say anything else? Uh, you know, after watching what he did on the tables uh, through his run in the main event, um, yeah, did some people may have gone a little bit overboard? Yeah, but you know, he's got to look in the mirror and realize, you know, he had started pushing all the buttons and eventually pushed all of them. You know, right. and, and and people are going to react however they react. I didn't see a problem with that, you know, and uh, I didn't enjoy it. They didn't. I can't imagine playing for all those, you know, millions of dollars over there at, at uh, uh, you know, at the main event and, and having to put up with this. You, yeah. you shouldn't have to put up with this on a, on a you know, per every hand it seemed like he was doing this. Or at least that's how it was portrayed on the TV. And it's just, it gets frustrating. He, he upset a, a fellow Englishman, you know, that got right. very upset with him when they were in uh, the final three tables. It's just, uh, it's it's just very frustrating poker, and I think it's the responsibility of of almost all the big tournament players to try to make this game that much better, and and they're going to be benefiting from this if this game grows, if they get sponsorship, you know, bigger prize pools. And to me, all you're doing when you do that type of play that he does is drawing away people who are saying, well, why would I want to do this when the majority of people are going to tune out when this guy goes into his antics? Right. Uh, he saved some of his last criticism for Griffin Benger, who knocked him out uh, with the pocket aces when uh, Kasuf had pocket kings. He said, Benger should have his man card revoked for acting like such a little bitch, in my opinion. Thanks for the grade 11 psychology. Have a great, I have a great life. I don't care what happens in the hand. Rant. I was so enlightened. Freaking pussy. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like they turned the tables on him a little bit there, and he got upset, huh? Yeah. So, uh, you know, listen. Learn how to win with grace. Learn how to lose with grace. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we'll see what happens with him. Uh, the one thing I hate to see happen is a lot of people copy his style simply because they were entertained by it or they think they can make a name for themselves. It's fine in the World Series of Poker main event when they're playing for the, that kind of money, yeah. but what happens if it bleeds into you know cash uh, games and local he, card rooms? He wanted to, well, first of all, people will walk away from the table in a, in a cash game. You can't do that in a tournament once you've bought, bought into it and gone that deep. But... Uh, if he's upset with Jack as a tournament director at the WSOP, uh, let him try to do this in some of the smaller tournaments and see what happens with those tournament directors there. They're just not going to put up with that. Yeah. You're just not going to put up with that. You're, you're, you're not going to 
placate one customer and, and, and upset a hundred of them, you know, over the course of the tournament just because you're allowing this guy to get away with his antics. Yeah. Well, that's going to do it for the show. I did want to update uh, the latest uh, 395 players remaining out at the Bellagio in Vegas for the Five Diamond Classic. They're up to uh, entries 778, so a nice turnout there. Very a lot nice. of re-entries. And, uh, and they're locked out now, right? I think they're done. Uh, I believe uh, I believe they're done. That's some of the last-minute entrants uh, included Jason Mercier, Scotty Wynn, uh, let's see who else. Uh, right at the very end, Gus Hansen also uh, jumped into the tournament. So, uh, pretty nice tournament, uh, and uh, we'll be following that and give you all the results next week. That's it. Okay, another great show. Thank you very much. <laughs> Our thanks to Nick Sorrell. Uh Joe. Thank you as well. And Gio, uh, as always, great job on the controls and uh, making us sound good. We yes. appreciate we, it. We couldn't do it without him. So. Could not. Uh, we'll check out some of the action over the holidays. I'm working on a couple of uh, guests and some uh, book authors that should have some really interesting information. Uh, haven't had a chance to uh, line up too many people, but I will do that over the next uh, week or two, and we'll have a good time here over the holidays here on Poker Action Line. Check us out on uh, iTunes or our website at PokerActionLine.com. Also, Hold'em Radio Network, uh, Hold'emRadio.com. Poker Fuse on the podcast page, you can check us out there. Or uh, Stitcher Radio, uh, check us out on Stitcher as well. That'll do it for the show. We'll catch you next week with another edition of Poker Action Line. The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies.